footy and frothies Wednesday night review show looking back on all things rep round uh, however brief they may have been uh, but a very enjoyable round of rugby league I thought Barney Oli and uh, Daggy with you look back on all things of the last seven days as I've said twice now <laughs> and uh, good week of footy actually really enjoyed it from the Thursday all the way through Barn. Brilliant weekend of footy. Obviously, we missed we did one or two games short compared to most weekends, but I think um, quality of matches actually probably made up for it. To be honest, there was some um, some fantastic play, footy played from the under nineteens all the way through all the international games. So enjoyed yeah. it, Oliver. Well, I thought it was quite refreshing um, in the sense that we had a lot of the same players that we've seen all year, but it's like. You change the teams, there's different combinations, different players you wouldn't usually see play with each other. And, of course, the teams themselves are different as well. So I think that aspect is quite attractive to a lot of people, especially, you know what, we're halfway through a season. It's not like you get sick of seeing the same teams play every week, but, hey, it's nice to actually see something something a bit different. Yeah, you've got to see uh, some interesting combinations. We don't didn't think we uh, would see and got told at least 350 times about the combinations we'll see for Samoa at the end of the year, which is <laughs> also nice. But... Uh, uh, touch on some news very quickly. Uh, no major injury stuff. So I think Payne has been named this week. At one point, he's out for apparently six weeks. He has, so yeah. Does anyone know what the hell's going on? Well, he said he's going to play through the pain, apparently. This is the last that I heard. Um, yeah, he's going to get needled up and keep playing for the next few weeks. So. Can only end well for um, someone who wants a million bucks next year. Yeah, well, what's going on as well with, um, with Cameron Munster? Because originally I saw the NRL physio reporting possibly between two to four weeks. He's AC joint. Yeah. And again, named, so yeah. I don't really know. So no. if no one else does, well, I guess we'll move on. Throw off a little bit, I suppose. I guess they could, <laughs> I guess they could be a couple of late changes where they're not, I don't know. Yeah, it would be surprised if the like, Munster does get the week um, off. They'll give him the week yeah. off, bring but. Papenhausen back and move Meany to six or something. Yeah. I would suggest, but we'll talk about that in the preview show. Ponga's out with a concussion this week, as is Luke Keary, uh, has failed to recover as well. So the ma- they're the major ones. I don't think I've missed anyone really obvious. Cleary's starting to get into uh, Kiri's starting to get in a bit of a dangerous area. I think it's Absolutely. been a couple of weeks already right. after um, missing last year. Well, last year was ACL, but he missed uh, plenty of time. A couple of years last back couple as well. of years with head knocks. Yeah, it's, um, it's not looking great. And Ponga's, I think that's what three in the last four weeks or something as well. So, well, the suggestion is uh, he never really recovered from that first one, but. Uh, when they start coming quickly, it's when it legitimately needs to be discussion, particularly from Newcastle, about maybe having, or at this stage, maybe even the rest of the year off. Yeah, well, you saw Graham take pretty much half a season off, and um, Twile's out for the rest of the year, apparently. So Yeah, so it be interesting to see. I don't think Newcastle would want to unless, until they're yeah, dead. Yeah, I don't think they'll be forcing him to take the, take the time off. No, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, mm-hmm. Signing news. Sean O'Sullivan's going to the Dolphins to give him a half. Finally, Ollie. Uh, we'll yes, keep a on, half, yeah. We'll keep an on who might partner him. <laughs> uh, but, they, you know, what it up to now? 18 and 19 players. So. Something like that. They're getting close. Uh, and Selwyn Cobbo's re-signed to 2025 with Brisbane. Uh, anything else major we've missed there? I don't think so. Well, it's a great signing for, for, Cobbo. for, for Cobbo and yeah. for Brisbane, I think. Definitely, I believe, off contract at the end of next year. So he wasn't actually able to negotiate with rival clubs anyway. However... It seemed for a bit there a couple of months ago, each day there'd be a new NRL team with interest. I think the Roosters at one point, Manly, and I think I saw a report at one point saying half like half the comp had expressed some form of interest in him. So for Brisbane to lock him up now and for him to not go, I'm going to explore my options, which he most certainly could and probably get a very lucrative deal, 
I think it's a huge win for Brisbane and I think a big win for Cobo in terms of his development as well. Yeah, not surprising it happens. Whenever you see a young kid get on a run for four or five yeah. weeks, everyone, every club comes out of the woodwork with an offer. But, yeah, no, it's very, definitely a good signing for Brisbane. It's probably um, the worst performance I've seen out of him on Sunday. But Well, yeah. I guess speaking of um, a young kid going on a bit of a run or I guess getting a bit of notoriety about him for a couple of weeks, uh, how much does that feed into, I guess, Sean O'Sullivan going to the Dolphins? Obviously, we spoke off air about how there aren't many other options, but... You he's a good player. I think he, he's, I, a, I think he's good, and but he'll be yeah. fine there. Yeah, he's a he seemed to do a decent job as a controlling yeah. halfback. Wayne Bennett knows what he's doing, and um, they've still got money to sign a decent five eight. Who that might be now? Well, is the question. Well, I was surprised the Warriors moved him on. Actually, I thought he was playing really well at the back end of last year for the Warriors, and then um, again, the, I think he's only played two or three games this year for Penrith. But every time he stepped out, he's looked every bit of first grader. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess you bring up Wayne Bennett. Um, on the way here to record, I was hearing on the radio, I told you guys off camera, but um, apparently Christian Wolf's turned down all these offers like the Warriors, etc., and I guess interest from Tigers, Titans reportedly, etc., to um, to sign on as Wayne Bennett's assistant at the Dolphins for a couple of years. And then apparently, again, reportedly, the plan is for him to take over Bennett eventually, um, not too dissimilar to Jason Demetra at the Rabbitohs, so... What's it all mean? I don't know. Well, we'll wait and see. Yeah, we, we'll Good on him. Do, if that's what he's yeah. coming to do. Um, he's got some runs on the board over in England. So Plus we'll his Tonga. Yeah. Um, yeah. There seems to be a spruik on him as much as anyone that's come over here lately. I know it's Holbrook and Holbrook was the last one, but uh, all those other clubs don't have coaches yet, so we'll I, wait and see. I guess as well it's sort of interesting for him to um, to go over to England, be a head coach and a head coach at international level, but still come back to be an assistant. That Again, we don't know how it's going to turn out, but that could be a really – wise decision, sort of not jumping the gun, like Cameron, Cameron getting, Serrato, for it's example. It's also getting actually, your feet under the table in the NRL. Absolutely. And uh, the guy you're going, going to be answering to and working under is not not, not the worst it's head coach fair, ever. And so. it's a fair app for your future if they're flying out specifically to learn off Bennett. Yeah. In a brand new club that they hope will be, you know, successful. You obviously get to, you get to put your feelers out and get your networks connected with all the, the managers and the, all the different clubs and all the rest of it. So yeah, And, and Bennett's not going to be the long-term coach. I think that's certain. So if they can get someone in who potentially will be there a while, I think I, I think it's a good move What's for Bennett the Dolphins. Three years? Two years? I think two. Wouldn't surprise me if he ends up having a cushy general manager of football till he's 90. Yeah, and you have two years and then go and be unaccountable and just make it someone else's problem. Uh, Not but a bad anyhow. job if you can get it. Well, there's a few that have it now, don't they? Gus and Sheens. But anyway, uh, let's get to... What are we going next? We may as well start with Origin, hey? 44 to 12, New South Wales, as exclusively tipped by Ollie. And, uh, <laughs> on the podcast. On, on the, the podcast. podcast. <laughs> Not in uh, general. Did indeed put the cleaners through Queensland in... Uh, what was a... Uh, yeah, obviously a blowout score at the end, but I thought, um, I thought Queensland... We're done once the sin bin happened, but I don't know if you've you started up today, Bob. Yeah, mate. So we had seven so tries for New South Wales, two for Queensland, seven out of seven attempts, played two out of two, and one out of one penalty attempt for New South Wales. 88% completion, played 75%. That was 38 out of 43 sets that played 28 out of 37. 780-plus run metres and 280-plus post-contact metres for New South Wales. Seven line breaks to two. 56 tackle busts by New South Wales and 23 by Queensland. Nine offloads to eight. One forced dropout to New South Wales. 
Zero forty twenties. We only just missed one, <laughs> which was a bit of a turning point in the game as well. Also uh, there, but two hundred sixty four tackles played, three hundred and fifty one. One ruck infringement to three. Two inside the tens against Queensland. Five errors to nine. And a sin bin to the Queenslanders. Yo made thirty five tackles. Carrigan made forty three. Brian Toto with two hundred sixty one running meters. Ponga with one hundred twenty three. Luai missed five tackles and made 14. Gagai missed eight and made 24. Cobo missed five and made two. Uh, and the, the two halves for Queensland both missed five tackles as well. Have the floor is yours, David. Yeah, okay. Um, Queensland seemed to settle much earlier than New South Wales, I thought, in this game. And they looked a lot calmer and organised, especially in that first 30 minutes before the sin bin. Um, they probably could have been a little bit further in front as well, apart from um, New South Wales' middle defence. There was a couple of chances there through the middle, but um, some really strong, aggressive defence from New South Wales seemed to shut it down, uh, and that was direct, directly off the back of Api Corosau, uh, definitely Jake Trebojevic and Murray went along with them as well. I thought they really stiffened up the middle of the defence there. I'll chuck in um, Isaiah Yo as well. I thought he had his shoulder to the wheel for most of the night as well. Um, I don't think they wanted to take him off, but they, they, without far in front, they just did anyway. But um, Appy did that much amount of work in that first 20 minutes. It was ridiculous. I think the bloke made 20-odd tackles in 15, 20 minutes, and his service out of dummy half was crisp. I don't think I saw one way would pass. Pretty much hit everyone on the chest with a leading ball out in front that they could run onto. Um I thought he was uh, he's fantastic. I was a bit worried when Murray went off for the HIA 10 minutes into the game. Mm. Um, it looked like Queensland was sort of um, getting a bit of a roll on there while he was off the field. And um, then, uh, the, then the spear tackle from Jake <laughs> leads, leads to Queensland going down the other end. And then they, they, they scored an alarmingly easy try there on Luai with Kafusi just sort of busting through on the, that second half, uh, second rower line. But... Um, yeah, and I was starting to get a bit worried, but it, I thought it swung when Junior Paulo took the field, to be honest. Um, and Murray came back as well at the same time, and within the, the space of about five minutes, New South Wales definitely started making a lot more metres up through the middle of the field. Yeah, well, at one point, it looked like a genius move. Queensland changed their tactics a bit and had the two link men, had Ben Hunt on the field as well. And I think so, once Paulo came on and and then Murray together, they, they added... That the size just couldn't counter them for that bit yeah, there. and they were steamrolling up the field there. I think they made, there was two or three sets in a row where they made 70 or 80 metres and were back up on Queensland's goal line. And then Queensland seemed to sort of panic a little bit and give away a few penalties there, which led directly to that um, sin bin. So what do we think on that, guys? I, I have no issue with the sin bin itself because mm -hmm. there was five or six. But I do have an issue. I do think... New South Wales, whatever Freddie's meeting with Ashley Klein was, <laughs> they had definitely had hurt, a fucking rub of the green for the first 40 minutes uh, because there were times, even in the second half, where Queensland, New South Wales had two, three, four blokes in the ruck pulling legs and you think, I don't even remember it being a repeat set and uh, that arm was waving like a fucking... <laughs> Well, after the scene bit, no he pretty much put the whistle away, I think. And that was, was it. And then really the job was done after that. Yeah. Queensland were brave for that 10 minutes, but it doesn't matter who you are. If you're defending with the 12 blokes against that team, you're going to gas out, and that's what I would have liked it. I would have liked to see a warning, to be honest, from the referee before he just sends someone, yeah. because yeah. one of those penalties was an escort penalty, which you can't really say, you know, that that's part of it. But And the big they, issue with... Um, they were racing the off their the line there. is... Especially on Channel 9, I wouldn't have a clue what any of those were for. They don't say it. You just hear six again. They don't say whether it's ruck infringement. Or it's I assume it's offside. Yeah. But uh, And then to be spinned for a hand on the play of the ball. 
uh, or on the player. Yeah. So I, 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 it would have been a bit in an NRL game. So I'm not. I wasn't. Queensland were rushing off the line, especially yeah. in that that five ten minute period there, just to try and counteract New South Wales when they did it, get it's close. It's one of those things because I sound dumb saying it, but I think it was a turning point in the game. And when they've lost by thirty, it, it's not as yeah no. But but you lose by thirty as a result of what happened during the attrition in that time. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, I thought Queensland were pretty much in front, and um, yeah. they weren't hugely in front, but, but I thought they, they were down, in front they, they at that down, point. Down, um, they went down, had two tackles in the 20 and scored twice, and I thought, yeah. like, as a matter of time, do they score again? Yeah. And that was it. They didn't have another attacking rate, really. And, yeah, the, the Queensland defence, that rushing defence that they've employed since the start of the series where the centres and the halves jam in on the on the playmakers, it was it definitely disrupt, disrupted New South Wales' flow and frustrated them early. Um, and... As I said, Murray and Paulo seemed to counteract that a little bit. They had to compress their defence a little bit. They still rushed out. That that little grubber for Burton's first try was fantastic. They're obviously, mm. a countermeasure to that uh, the way that they were rushing the, the halves there and the beautiful little kick in behind for Burton. Um, then, he, again, with another silly penalty, gets Queensland back down there and they're, they're, they're in front and looking, looking the better of the two. But, as you said, they had to fight so hard for that 10 minutes to just try and stop, keep New South Wales out. and. They were always going to score just before halftime there with a yeah. lovely little tap on the 2 to score in the corner. But, um, yeah, they, as I said, they, they played the backside off and burn all their energy in that 10-minute 10, 10 period. And then it, it just the second half, they weren't in it. They, New South Wales started to settle. They, their back line was a lot deeper in the second half. They, they were playing uh, further de- uh, further back in, the, in their back line play, so it gives them that bit more time to get the ball wide. Um, Queensland weren't sure whether that to rush or not because they started cutting back in angles back through the middle of the field and putting in kicks in behind, which um, stopped them sort of rushing off their line as much. And, yeah, the defence, they got tired, obviously. But I, I really enjoyed the way that they, they had a lot more support through the middle of the field. There was they had players sniffing in and around, waiting for the offload or the short ball. And um, the way that the halves just stepped back in and started cutting, Cleary did it twice himself, Luai did it once himself, yeah. they just stepped back off their foot, changed the angles, and then there was defenders slipping <laughs> slipping over all over the place. But it's yeah, much like greasier service than I sort of it was, thought it would be. It would be quite a dry track, but it was a typical Saturday night sort of surface. Yeah, the Queensland backline had very little involvement, I thought, and they were pretty poor defensively, um, especially the name a couple of them in... Gay Guy and Cobo, I thought they were um, they weren't real good in defence at all. I thought DCE was pretty good. Like they played off the back foot all night, and his kicking game sort of you know kept them in in it for longer than they probably could have stayed in the game. Munster didn't really have a lot of um, impact either, but their forwards were pretty well dominated. I don't know how Papali only gets twenty five minutes and Tino only gets thirty five. I'm, I'm not sure why the those blokes are a bit mad. Yeah. And you're giving Lindsay Collins an hour and he was pretty much ineffectual most of the time he was out there. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's two games in a row. Papa Lee's played less than half an hour, which yeah. I don't understand either, um, considering he's go forward when he does have the ball in his hand. Uh, it's not like he's a bloke that can't play an hour. I'm not, I'm no, not saying at this intensity right. maybe 35 minutes is the right balance, but he has played long minutes for Canberra before. Yeah, absolutely. And for yes. Queensland before. Um, the, the two back rowers for Queensland were okay in Kafusi and Capewell, um, but Carrigan was their best player by a mile, and he's just he's just putting extra zeros yeah. on his check every time he runs out recently. Um, 
Talakai didn't really have any involvement, but he, he, you know, he had no time on the field and there was very little opportunity when he did. The halves were doing their thing in the middle, so he wasn't really getting involved too much. Um, I thought Martin looked like he was targeted and probably struggled a little bit. Um, they definitely were rushing out on him and trying to, the, you know, all the grub yeah. talking during the week Early and stuff. Early as well. Yeah, they, they did put a lot of pressure on him. Um, I thought Cook was average. There's a couple of wayward passes. He wasn't. He wasn't poor by any means, but he, you know, he didn't have any real impact either. So, I guess he's now further and further down, at least the Australian pecking order, in my opinion. I don't, I'm not Mal Meninga, but uh, in my opinion, or Peter Lannis apparently, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, he's a long way down now, and I, he's almost surplus to New South Wales needs. Uh, if we're going into a game three, where we also we're all going to probably about to debate <laughs> Mitchell White and even Pappenhausen. I just on the use of New South Wales centres overall up uh, centres hookers. hookers overall mm. like Coruscant and Cook and Cook getting as much time as he did I don't know I was just a bit surprised they obviously won the game like, yeah I won thought the game. probably would have come back for the last what, fifteen yeah or so. I, I don't know why what that what that thinking was they went to the game with one idea and it was to counter what Queensland did in game one. Queensland then changed what they did. It didn't matter because I think they won. were looking for Cook to run the ball. Yeah, and they they thought that oh, they, the they the thought it'd be heavily back, yeah. sort of a ruck based game like game one was, and but once it was, and I think Freddie just went, oh well, doesn't matter. He's out yeah, there, I doesn't suppose. There. Yeah. Well, the the one guy I saw. To be wanted, honest, he probably forgot. <laughs> like just went, oh, yeah. One guy I wanted to bring up for New South Wales. You guys were talking. You probably want to save an interchange anyway. So if you don't have to bring him back, you don't really need to. Um, yeah. I think Appy only ran the ball three times as well, and I think Cook only ran it three or four times in the, the time they were out there. So it definitely wasn't their plan to run in and out of the ruck. But well, well you brought up um, Queensland's forwards and how they performed. But I thought up uh, for New South Wales. Close to, I don't think he was, but close to the best player on the field, probably Junior Paulo, at least for me, for New South Wales, comparatively to game one as well. He was probably one of the players that a, a lot of people would have thought, oh, well, he might be on the chopping block, but he, he I, had think, a massive I, I think he had a great game. Yeah. I think it was probably close to the well, best forward on the field. I think he got a better say, set up off the bench. I think. I think he got a bit yeah. of a kick in the ass. To be honest, I think he was a bit um, upset that he had to sit on the bench there for that first half an hour. And well, apparently, got him a bit stirred up. So. And he wasn't sitting down. He's yeah. there fucking stalking the sidelines, waiting. To but that's what you want. Yeah, like, isn't that what he should be doing? Absolutely, yeah. it is. And because um, um, he was right, apparently he was crook as a dog all day. But he had uh, he was okay yeah, when he. Being injected early, yeah. I don't think he was a star by any means. But, but um, yeah, Stephen Crichton tried hard, but he again oh, yeah, very little yeah. involvement. Yeah, of course. There, there was a couple of issues with um, a couple of defensive reads there for him. But um, well, well, by the end of the game, it did seem like they were going to the the Luai Burton Tyler yeah. fair bit, which at the start, and I guess uh, you brought up about how Queensland were obviously the better team for the majority of the first half. I thought New South Wales were quite pedestrian as well. I just don't think they were trying to change things up enough. I thought Burton probably could have done with getting a bit more early ball. Again, we're talking about a team of 144 to 12 here, but <laughs> I thought he could have got a bit more early ball. And I thought, and we were talking about how he would be a kicking option. It could be a, a difference maker. And while he did eventually come into the game as a kicker and was quite effective, I just thought New South Wales probably could have brought him in a little a little bit earlier than they did as well, and I think that would have helped him in the first half. He probably could have been again. involved a couple more times at yeah. the back end as well. And and of course, uh, in that look, middle period of the game, he, look, he I, his I think if uh, I think if it had been a tight game, it would have been. But mm. uh, I, I imagine they would have trained with him as a centre, and he played as a centre. Like he was there to be a centre, and that's what he did 
Like it's what, it's just what he did at Penrith. Yeah. Well, the rest of the the New South Wales team were good at at worst, to be honest. Like the rest of them were were really good. Teddy had sort of he played about half an hour where he bumping her into people and running around in circles but then when he when he did directly take the line on with supports on his inside and outside he looked like a world beater didn't look like he could be stopped so he I don't to, know how he, you get it through to him. Freddie, just, just run straight at him mate yeah, take someone Freddie needs you, to go like, mate you're the fullback yeah. I want you to go back to playing like you did when you were 22 don't yeah. try and just run direct and bring someone play with five, you 5-8 and centre yeah. at the same time or like. <laughs> yeah what do you <laughs> what do you do um Tuo and Tupu had a massive impact again. The, the yeah. wingers with the, the the momentum and the go forward, and you compare that to Queensland wingers who had very little impact um, coming out of their back end. I wouldn't be surprised if you see someone like Corey Oates brought into their side to give them a bit of that 150, 200 meters out of a yeah. out of a winger coming out of the out of their defensive end. But um, Jake Murray and Yo were fantastic in the middle, as I mentioned before. They did fantastic on both sides of the ball as well. It wasn't just defensive aspects or you know uh, running the ball they, they were good on both sides of the ball and I think Jake topped the the running meters as well which you haven't seen all year like <laughs> he actually played like a front row forward which yeah. we've been calling for for about two years but he was um he was fantastic and Burton looked dangerous every time he touched the ball like they they looked worried every time yep. the ball got to Burton um Gay guy, he's, I've mentioned his tr- d- defensive issues in the last uh, probably the most of this season, to be honest. And considering he was considered like the best defensive centre in the world for years and years, I'm not sure what's quite going on there. And, but and, you know, at the start of this, like when Newcastle were playing Newcastle. well for those, those two games or whatever it was at the start of the year, uh, like I think he, he sort yeah. of upped that a bit. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it is strange. Yeah, he missed 10 in the first state of origin, eight in this one. Um, you know, he's only going to get targeted again. He probably came out and played one of the best games of his life in game three, but yeah. Yeah, there's, there's been some issues there. And it was oh, clearly masterclass, wasn't it? Like yeah. His well, kicking game was on, like, yeah. it's not as dangerous as um, Burton's bombs, but they land exactly where he wants them to land. The grubbers go exactly where they want. That short little chip that forced the drop out, they were 40 metres out, and he just chips it over the top with a tackle early. Almost got the 40-20 yeah. that um, Cobbo just saved. I think it was Cobbo. Well, one of the wingers just saved in, in the corner. Um, kick goals. Yeah. <laughs> Stepping off both feet, scoring tries. That, um... Yeah, that Nathan Cleary fella, not a horrible player, eh? No. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I think he t- probably took some of the criticism to heart and stepped up. And well, how else would you want to react? Again. Well, that's right. So, um, anything else you want to add? We've probably covered it pretty well. Just, uh, just quickly. Yeah, like when I just the one what I firstly struggle with is them trying to be too smart for own good when we all pretty much picked the team they had in game two and we saw the results, or at least I did, and. Um, yeah, well, if but you look at pretty close to my look at all our for, um, game one teams, it was pretty close to the one so that ran out in two. this game. Yeah. Uh, uh. And perhaps the lesson here for for young Mister Filler and uh, far bit for me to, <laughs> to tell him how to anything about rugby league, given he's probably the best player I ever saw play live, uh, is uh, that if they just pick their team instead of worrying about height and other whatever the fuck they're worrying about, they'd probably be winning. The series would probably be over. But anyway. I can imagine I, I, Freddie quickly trying to find paper and a pen to write that down. Yeah, just write that down. But uh, that all being said, it um, I am treating the last. I'm treating the second half as basically like oh, I'll ignore that in the context Reset, of the series. Start again. Yeah, um, Queensland aren't just treated as a six-point yeah. game first and a, a four-point game. 
from the first half. Uh, and 100%. Queensland will go to Suncorp and grow a leg and all that yeah. sort of thing. So. Yeah, I think the, the first game they picked a team to try and offload the ball, and it just they just didn't do it for whatever reason. Yeah. I, you know, I know they were getting shut down pretty well in defence, but they, they didn't seem to try to promote the ball anywhere near what they needed to, so they just went back to, we're going to be tougher than them in the middle of the field, and that's what they did. Yeah. Because like, I think they dominated every one of their forwards except for probably Carrigan. Who held his own, and if not, was better than half of the pack. But so, uh, does Latrell play game three? No, it's a pretty big risk. Does Jack White? Probably. No. I'd I, say I would have White. I'd either have White at fourteen or at. Well, Fre Freddie I, loves I think him. Crichton can. He wasn't dropped. It was only a COVID I thing can, that kept and he was, him out. He was their best player in game one, so I suggest he probably comes in for White. It wasn't an injury thing. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if White comes in to take Crichton's spot. Crichton yeah. goes back to eighteen, and uh, potentially we see, we'll see what happens with the rest of Ford pack. I imagine probably Talakai drops off. Another one does Papenhausen play? I don't think at this stage. No. Latrell's more of. I would if I was going to put money on one of them, I'd say Latrell ahead of him. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot, mate. There's still two weeks to go. One of them could do yeah, an ACL list true. on Saturday and then Latrell's straight in. Happens a lot. If Teddy, if Teddy goes down this week, there's every chance they pick Latrell. Latrell could do a, have a Joey 05. He could. If you wanted to play Latrell, you could always do it and put Whiten on the bench, take Talakai's spot. I, th I think there's more of a chance of, could. if they're going to play Latrell, more of a chance of, uh, of him starting in the centres and White and being on the bench than, than anything else. Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if Talakai keeps his spot. Um, I know he, he, he didn't really get any involvement and couldn't be given, wasn't given a, enough time to really be involved. But when you've got the likes of Latrell and um, White and coming back, just the utility factor to be able to cover the halves and, and the centres as well as possibly push them into the forwards. So. And you know what? There's going to be so many people who hate hearing this, and I'm, I'm saying this as someone who thinks Latrell probably doesn't get picked for game three, but if there's just about any player in the comp who can come back for one huge game after being out for most of the year, based off of like his X factor and just his pure talent, to be honest, it's... Like, I'd pick Latrell Mitchell over anyone. What's exciting now like, is he's got two weeks to prove a point here. Yeah. He could... Do, There's only one round, though, isn't there? Before oh, the game's two, yeah. two. And the so thing, The thing that sort of probably does go against it a little bit, maybe, is that Latrell has already said he wants to play left. And if you're going to use Burton, oh. his best opportunity is on his left. He's a left-foot kicker. You don't want him kicking from the right-hand side yeah. of the field yeah. off his left foot, so... Good problem to have. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, and for Queensland, would, can you see any changes? Would you make any changes? I don't think Queensland will make as... I don't think... We'll, we'll look at the media already, right? It's not, it's not like there's so much pressure on Billy Slater right now, and it's not like he has to make 10 changes, like everyone was seemingly saying about Freddie Fittler after game one. So I think largely... The Queensland media is a lot softer on yeah, Queensland. I, I, I th of course, media. but I think largely it'll be the same side. And if they keep largely the same side, I, I don't necessarily see them getting flogged again. It, well, ju it just seems like the thing we've seen in Origin for years and years. Queensland traditionally, at least in recent history, make less changes. They pick and stick a bit more. And again, traditionally, it's it's worked out for them more than it has for New South right. Wales. Well, Pong is an interesting one, whether he's... Um, yeah. Hopefully it's just a one-week thing and they'll bring him back. back. But yeah, I dare say they'll full back. back. Well, you know, uh, it opens up Corey oh, Oates yeah. and maybe well, Hammer in the centres. Or Capel to the centres yeah. and maybe a, a certain uh, front rower from the Titans. I dare say they'd be looking to mm, nah, come in and add a big body to well, the Well, they they'll want Cotter back. If Cotter's back and fit this ah, week, he'll come back into the side as well. Well, Fafita's back for the Titans this week. 
even if if Queensland go on to lose the series, is there anyone under pressure? That's that's an no, unlike, and I as think, you said, I think like, really no safe one with the media. They, they came in without a, you know, they like being the underdogs. Came in as the underdogs. They've won one game. Well, this last game, I can't imagine it being a blowout at Suncorp. No, I wouldn't think so. And um, getting quarterback adds another sixty tackles in the middle field yeah. and just shores it up. So, and you know what? It's I'm, interesting. I know it's not the preview show yet, but I'm actually at the moment tipping Queensland. So, yeah. I, I still think they're a red hot chance. As you said, we're like game two should be treated more as a sort of like a, a six point game more than that blowout. I wouldn't be surprised if half. you see Tuolangi come out and Oates well, go in as I, I mentioned. Um, um, well, at least well, I had he picked in my first. In the first round, I had him as my winger. So, I'd and yeah, and, and we'll just see where, I guess we'll see where Munster and Ponga are fitness wise. The rest of the well, we've got to do our three two ones, don't we? Yeah. For the, oh, nice. I had Cleary Burton and then uh, either Toto, Murray, or Yo. Well, I actually had Paulo for one. Oh, uh, exact yeah, yeah. same three two. I, I I just had Paulo as one. That's one I didn't think of. Actually, he did make a massive impact when he was on the field. Yeah, but I think who the is your ones against? Uh, Brian Toto, Murray or Yo? Uh, Bolo. Right. Bolo. Bolo. Oh, sorry, but Bolo. Bolo. I'm just thinking. Because Teddy, I, I wouldn't be upset if you said one. He was pretty good. But, uh, yeah, go Bolo. Because I was quite harsh on him first game, and I thought he was quite good this game. Very good. Rest of the round. So we kicked off with the under-19s. Uh, New South Wales put the cleaners through Queensland there. We saw some good young talent. Uh, we'll just quickly touch on all of these, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. Any thoughts from this game, boys? Did you see it? I saw bits and pieces of. I didn't watch it live. I went and watched the the highlights of both, so I don't know if, like how good it, analytically it will be for this. But um, New South Wales have got some like from what I saw from the highlights, at least comparatively to Queensland. I'm sure the Queensland players will probably end up in the NRL, or whatever. But a couple of players just with that sort of skill, that X factor, I guess you could say that you think okay. In a few years, they could be somebody. So that, that's just the only real difference I saw between them and until Queensland. Until they got of course they out, won, uh, someone who's been a spruik on this show from the Alamotti. gump. Alamotti was good until for the first yeah, well, I, I just minutes. sort of sit back and enjoyed this one more than um, getting right into it. But I did pick out a few players just that I that yeah, sort yeah. of stood out to me. Uh, more so of a super coach thing for next year, maybe, <laughs> to try and sort of see if any of them might come through or whatever. But... Um, from the Queensland side, I thought their halfback was fantastic, especially early when they when they did have some ball. Obviously, by the end of the game, he wasn't real good because they weren't getting bugger all ball to do anything with. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Thomas Duffy, I thought he was quite good. I think he's um, coming through Titan system at the moment. But <laughs> Someone thought, needs to be, Jesus <laughs> he Christ. He was pretty good. Xavier Vaa, the big front rower with the headgear on, I thought he had an impact. Um, he was making some really good, tough metres through the middle. Um the the twelve in Jack Horworth, I think he's he was he's got like a five year deal down in Melbourne at the moment. They're like one of the only people ever to be signed up by Melbourne wow. for so five if, years. So if Craig Bellamy signed you on a five year deal, you might not be horrible. Yeah, <laughs> and he wasn't fantastic in this. He made a few errors, but he definitely looks that little bit class edge above um, a few of the rest of these guys. Um, the this. Center in Robert Toya, I thought he he just moves really well. He's someone that took to me looks moves a lot like Val or Gay Guy back in their prime. Just really good balance the way they sort of got that swerve on and yep. some good pace. So I thought he stood out as well. The other front row was okay, also in Paul Bryan for for the Queensland side, and that was about it that I had for the um, the Queensland team. New South Wales, their fullback uh, Terrell Kalo Kalo. I think he's in the Penrith system. Um, 
<laughs> just another Shot one me. to add to the yeah. rest of them. But I thought he was fantastic. Another really good mover. Um, got himself into good positions at different times. You already mentioned Paul Alamotti until he got knocked out. Knocked out and his face broken. I thought he was yeah. one of the better players on the field and was doing some damage. Uh, the winger, Asamoa, Asamoa. Um, I'm not sure of his background, but I thought he was really good. He got two tries. He was involved for a lot of the night. Uh, I thought the best player on the field was probably um, the halfback in Jonah Pezet. I think he had four try assists, I think it was. Um, involved in all the good attacking stuff, especially close to the line. Nice little short kicking game as well. The um, the hooker went pretty well, Tyler Mor Moriarty. And then there were some back rowers, uh, Oren Keeley was um, was really tough and did some some good work. And Trey Mooney, a young Canberra oh, yeah. fella, he was aggressive as uh, he was the most aggressive bloke on the field. He was patting blokes on the head, pushing them around. I think I've read that Ricky likes in their him. Face. And he's uh, obviously already in super coach, but he, I imagine yeah. he'll be someone to watch. Start he definitely next had year. an impact in the forward pack for, for New South Wales. Yeah, so. yeah nice, good job. Uh, so. Next up, we had the New South Wales women, 20-14, to 14, winning their first origin, I believe. Is that correct, Ola? No, they've won most of them. Queensland well, won Queensland last year. I think Queensland won their first one last year. Oh. Uh, uh, under the... They were carrying on like this, huh? I believe it's um, like under the state of origin banner itself, Queensland won their first one last year, and New South Wales won again this year. Right, okay. But, yeah. uh, good game of footy. I, I would go out on a limb and say game of the weekend, to be honest. Overall, okay, fair enough. But yeah. I enjoy, I enjoyed uh, enjoyed it. It was good. It was a bit of sloppy stuff, but it was by and large uh, entertaining football barn. Did you see it? Yeah, yeah, watched it, mate. Um, very close, entertaining game of footy. Um, a little bit uh, more physical than a lot of the games of footy. Um, not so much in the wrestle, just in the direct contact. Yeah, because. The ball moves that little bit slower, so it sort of gives them a little bit more time to line their, their defences up. And there were some massive hits in this game. Um, there's some terrific performances too on both sides of the field. Um, I didn't didn't make any notes out of this game, no, no, but um, there was some. You know, the one that stood out, obviously, which I'm pretty sure she got man of the match, was Isabel Kelly. I, she yeah. was absolutely fantastic. She was um, threatening every time she touched the ball. She was carrying two and three people with her. Yeah. She was running like a back rower out in the centres. She was, um, yeah, she was destructive uh, for the majority of the game. Uh, there's some nice skill touches as well out of the halves. There was some, um, the, the skill level seems to have risen in the last couple of years. I've, I've sort of only followed it closely maybe for the last three years, but it's definitely risen year on year with the, with the skill level. Um, the interesting is. I think out of this, I'm now more likely to get invested in the end of year comp. Well, you've also got a, a, an actual Tigers NRLW team. So coming do we get to keep surges next, next that, year, or is that? Well, you'll have to. I Probably think have to start start again. Again. I, I'm pretty sure most of the players, if not all of them, actually like they just signed the one. They can only really sign the one competition deal or the one year deals, yeah, okay. and, and and then it's all. Most of them go back to the the club they were already at, but I think some of them sort of swap over for the year sort of thing like that, which I think is something with the more teams coming in and if they actually, I don't know, have teams play to each other twice in a year, apparently the world would explode if that happened. But if they do something like that, then I feel like more secure contracts. Can I don't think we're too far away from actual proper contracts being brought into That first into try play. from Queensland, that was one of the hardest runs I think I saw all weekend. Yeah. Did you see yeah. that? It was Destiny Brill, I think it was. Yeah. Just flew through the, <laughs> through the air into the defence and crashed over for a try. Um, 
I think you had one that stood out to yeah, you. Yeah, I'll save f- it for the salutes. Oh, right. Stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> but uh, I was the five eight, the rest. Ta- Taylor Aiken, is it? Taryn Aiken was, yeah. was really good for the Queensland side. She was involved in most of their good stuff as well. Um, I think she may have even overshadowed uh, Ali Brigginshaw yeah, a little bit. I, I, I don't mm. think, like at least from what I've seen of Brigginshaw and yeah, consistently probably overall the best player in the women's game overall so far, probably a bit... A bit off in this game, if not um, Aiken probably yeah, just outshot her a bit. There's a couple of nice um, kicks she put in, and yeah. Um, and if old mate was onside, or old miss was onside uh, in the uh, in the last play, I guess it's a match-winning play. But the, yeah, the New South Wales fullback I thought was quite good. A um, couple of sloppy moments. A couple of positioning gonna, errors, yeah, at, yeah. at fullback. But I think, um, and as as they get more mainstream, they have to be willing to cop some criticism here, and it's not just all flowers and roses. Ball in hand, she was very good, dangerous yeah. though. Um, like you can see that she's obviously come from the sevens background. She looked that little bit quicker than most people on the field, and she was in pretty good positions most of the time in attack, not so much in defence, but. Um, yeah, yeah that was, uh, and, but yeah. Enjoy, enjoyable game. Uh, we get to, and sad they kicked off with, the, oh, I guess, the uh, semi-main for the weekend. The New Zealand test match against uh, Tonga. There's my things update, uh, which saw perhaps one of the performances of the year. Joey Manu, first player in recorded history to run 400 metres as a player. Mm. Incredible effort. Uh, no, and just we did touch on Lebanon and Malta last week, but uh, yeah, New Zealand Tonga, uh, New Zealand were pretty impressive, and uh, are setting up nicely with a few other ins to come for the World Cup. Oliver, which has you well, that, um, bubbling with joy. That um, that Joey Manu fellow. If only someone um, had him in their top ten NRL players last year. No, but uh, honestly, like I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely gassed for Joey. To be honest. I, I think I was saying to you, Blake, during the week as well, New Zealand are just a really likeable side with the players that they got in their team and their combinations. Like, they're a team that, to be honest, I probably want to beat Australia. <laughs> like, I, I want to see them beat Australia, and I think I think they can. Um, it was just a real dominant display, and I think concerning rugby league in general, and it's something that we sort of... Um, it's pretty obvious, but until you actually see it, it, it shows how important it is actually having a spine or a half or somebody because with all due respect to the Tongan side, they can have the best forward pack in the world. They can have Taumalolo, yeah, it's pretty, Mo, pretty exposed this, this, this that and the like other, it. but unless you got that, at least someone in that spine that can do something, and I'm saying that New Zealand have a world-class spine. Absolutely, they do. Compared to Tonga, like, and, and that at the end of the day was the big difference maker if Tonga had a spine I'm not saying they win the game but it, it's definitely a bit closer so I think that's sort of the big difference this maker and I guess heading into the, this competition at the end of the year the World Cup that's probably the main thing I'm going to be thinking of if it, like a couple of the dark horse teams if if any of them have maybe somebody in their spine they're probably going to might even be able to get over the top of the Tonga for example. Oh Spen we saw it a little bit uh, in the other games but uh, when you talk of world class spines, you'd, you'd line this spine up against either of the origin spines and have a fair debate. Well, uh, I'm not saying either is immoral to yeah. be better, but you'd argue either well, way. I'll, absolutely, yeah. you'd argue. <laughs> I, I'd, I'll address what um, I'll, uh, the old Warriors coach Tony Kemp said, I think it was yesterday, saying that he thinks New Zealand would beat New South Wales or Queensland in a three game series. And I don't think it's cut and dry, but I think they definitely could. However, if only there was a team out there somewhere that. Um, that was compiled of the best players from Queensland and the best players <laughs> from New South Wales 
and yeah. are a yeah. very good chance, almost certain, to verse New Zealand at some point at the end of this year. If I, if that only, I don't know. If just, only if that ever happened, would be a, a good game of football. I think. Yeah. Uh, put something match. together like the Pacificas with New Zealand and the Islands put a team together like that against an Australian team. That'd be that would definitely be a debate as well. That'd be a real interesting. Well, well you know, at, at this point in time, at this point in time, and I think it's a real big credit to how strong New Zealand are. That team would predominantly yeah, be made up. Yeah. You could just about name the New Zealand side. You'd be yeah, maybe trying to crowbar yeah. a couple of forwards in, and maybe yeah. a, you might get you'd probably get like someone like Luai yeah. on a bench, and a maybe a couple of depending who Australia doesn't pick some of the Samoan boys but uh, they Dylan Brown is very strong thought he was good yeah, very tough, good and they very good. matched the, 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 yeah. his form the last the, six yeah, weeks Dylan Brown as well as, as, well as Tarpano yeah. they've both been playing out of their skin for the last yeah six weeks at least yeah. I, would, I would imagine if you're talking well, in, in the day if you're talking top ten footballers in the game I'd say at least three of them in this New Zealand team right now. So yeah, hundred percent. Um, so that's how strong they are. Look, well, I, I watched the press conference after. It's happy for Madge. I hope he has all the success in the world. Mm. Maybe even in the World Cup. Uh, at uh, well. to after what he's gone through. Uh, but uh, very impressed by New Zealand. But the, the key point is that there was just no spine from Tonga. Yeah, uh, the first twenty minutes when they did match him, there was no finish. There was the, all the last tackle options were abysmal. Uh, and it was actually surprising that they scored first in the second half. But Yeah, there was no kicking game whatsoever for the Tongan side. There was a couple of questions I had as well about the usage of someone like Ola Kowatu when you've got Satili and um, yeah. Satili wasn't playing his best game of the year and neither was Keon Kulamatangi. Takia was their best their best <laughs> forward, I thought. Uh, no, Tomalolo was pretty close as yeah. well, but... Um, the fact that Olakowatu sits on the bench for yeah. the majority of the game, when you've seen what he's done mad. for Manly pretty much every <laughs> every week, um, yeah, that, that really surprised me. They used Tavili in the middle rather than sort of introducing Olakowatu earlier in the game, which sort of stood out to me. Uh, as you mentioned, the halves were completely outshone by Jerome Hughes again, had another fantastic game of football. And he's, um, him, to me at the moment, he's second best half in the game. Yeah. And he'd be, you know, he'd be pushing Cleary as well. I'm not saying he's yeah, better than him, but yeah. he's definitely chasing him down. Joey Amani, you've already touched on him, but wouldn't you love to see the Roosters come out and play the way New South Wales did last year with with um, Latrell and Tommy and just go, okay, we've got two Roman fullbacks basically because the, the way that Marnie played in this game was exactly the way that Teddy plays it week in, week out for the Roosters. And if you if you could give Manu that leniency to be roaming around the field and have two of them chiming in from the back, they could <laughs> they could definitely be scoring a lot more points than and what they've been scoring recently. Well, I'm sorry. It, so Joe's extension with the Roosters, right? What it, it's a it's a two year deal, I believe. Surely at the end of that, he's he had like. A, not offer this performance alone, but when you have it like a record breaking performance like that, and from what we've seen, surely he gets to a point where he just says. <laughs> Play me at fullback, or I'm like he—he he has been more than loyal to them. He, I would have completely understood if he took a million to go to the Warriors and be their fullback next year. To be honest, but he didn't. He's re-signed. But it, there's got to come a point where he has, like, he's got to move to fullback. Out of all the forwards point, that played there's, more there's than a, about uh, half an hour, Jesse Bromwich was probably the least impressive out of that New Zealand team. Um, his form seems to have fallen off a fair bit this year, and definitely showed in this game. He was outplayed by pretty much every forward on the field. I thought. Um, he was he was a little disappointing, but yeah, New Zealand did it did it easily. They probably could have won by more realistically at the back end of this game. 
yeah, very excited for the World Cup to see what that key clash brings and um, probably a two-horse race. Well, I'm now sort of sad that they can only verse in a semi-final. Sort of looking forward to it at first because someone else will be in the final, but... Like the, it's arguably the strongest New Zealand's ever been, and one of the strongest Australian sides we've been. But at most, we can only get it in a semi-final. And based off of the weekend, and this is also sort of concerning the, the spine situation as well. I now have no doubt Samoa will just go through the other end of the draw and make the final, and most likely get cleaned up by Australia or New Zealand. Do not be surprised when Samoa makes the final because they've got to get through England, who I'm not even considering as a a contender, to be honest. I know they're hosts, whatever. And the only other team they've got to really contend with is Tonga, who we saw on the weekend. Well, Samoa get their 35 players back. Of course. Well, that's it. You know what? And one of the big criticisms... Yeah, I guess whoever say, Australia doesn't pick will end up in Samoan team. Yeah. So and, and that's the thing. Right. One of the big criticisms you could say for Samoa, and you were the one who brought it up during the game, was... Josh Schuster was probably taking a bit too much ball, even though he's oh, playing get, at second row. Let's get to that. So 42-12 yep. was the Samoa game. Oh, just to, sorry. The, the, it's, there was two New Zealand forwards that need to mention that no, we just skipped over, and it was Fisher-Harris and Papa Lee. They oh, do it every week, yeah. but they were tremendous in this game as well. So. Yes. Um, Fisher-Harris, during the Hucker, I was convinced, had devoured some <laughs> children, small children in the warm-up. We shouldn't say that. Man, but he's a scary man. Uh, but yeah. enjoyable footy. Uh, Samoa 42 Cook Islands 12, and there was probably a good 20-minute period in this game where Cook Islands well, were they, probably on they top. They out there played themselves, yeah. yeah. But uh, they, you know, end of the day, class shone through. Of course, old mate Nofa doesn't love beating up. <laughs> anyway, there he was, four <laughs> tries. Team's worse than his. He doesn't get the yeah. opportunity. So they were good. They turned up were better than them. They probably could have won by one if Josh used to stop kicking the ball away. Uh, <laughs> but I'm sure he was very excited to be playing for them. Um Anything you want to touch on here, apart from the fact Charlie Staines cost me a lot of money in my multi? Well, uh, uh, <laughs> well, well, the one thing I was going to say before is that um, when these players come back, and it, again, it's part of why I think Samoa's probably just going to go to the final, because I know we harp on about him, but Jerome Luai against a lot of these crap nations is just going to set the world alight. Um, he's the one we definitely know is going to be coming back there and I think when he comes back as well the one criticism I guess we really had with Samoa was that Josh Schuster probably was getting a bit too much ball he, he was playing at second row but it seemed like he had to come in and play as a half I very much have the feeling that if a New South Wales half in a state of origin half in uh, Jerome Luai drops back to well, I shouldn't say drops back but plays for Samoa in this World Cup um, Schuster's probably not going to get as, as much ball sort of playing as a half there, I think that'll well and truly be Luai's role. And you know, in this game as well, Anthony Milford played very well. Mm. I've got to so give it to Chanel, Milford. Chanel was good and, and of course, Chanel did, but... Um, oh, Milford was better than him. Milford yeah, played I, I think, his yeah, best yeah. game. Then Milford and Luai are probably your halves. And probably five yeah. years, I think. And you know what? I know he's yeah. playing let's, Cook let's Islands. Let's but, a bit, but yes. But I still think Milford and Luai as a halves combination are probably going to beat most of these teams, right? So I think they so. And comparatively, again, to Tonga, who has no one, I think they would probably beat Tonga. And, they've, of course, they've got the Calvary there as well. Um, we should touch on Nofa scoring his four tries as well at Campbelltown. They're just not in the Tigers jersey, but it, he didn't do anything wrong. Most certainly that did not. Very so good, good on him. Yeah, and shout out to Matt Russell, who tried very hard to make sure he pronounced everything correctly. So it was a lot of hard work for, for Matty. There's a few in this Cook Islands team that don't know a lot about, but actually there was a couple of nice performances. Um, I thought Anthony Gelling was really – well, both centres are really good. Ruben, yeah. Ruben Rennie, um, who I don't know much about, but he had nine tackle busts and um, they, he made an impact out wide. 
Isan Masters played pretty well. Um, he, he, you know, he's a funny one. He never seems to go above and beyond, but he always sort of there and thereabouts. So um, I thought he was good. Pride Pedersen Rabadi was probably their best forward on the field. I thought he was fantastic, as long along with Davy Mawali, who we've seen a couple of times yeah, run out South. for South. Um, he's only he could have played in the Origin. He's only young too. Yeah, I believe he chose to. Yeah, yeah, he chose, chose that. Cook which, but um, on Anthony Jelling, as you're bringing up, he's got a lot. Of, I believe he's just about hitting 30 now, but he's got a lot of experience in Super League. I believe he played yeah, for okay. Warrington, but uh, was a Warriors junior. But again, I, I don't do think, know the name. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he has a club at the moment, and that's why I bring him up. But surely a team out here could, off the back of this, possibly pick him up to play in the New South Wales Cup mm. squad. Like I think he's certainly still got something to offer, and for someone who's not actually got a club at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, Samoa's back line looked like superstars, obviously, <laughs> up against this this team. They were just making breaks everywhere. But it's the, I think I mentioned them in round four or five whenever, whenever this combination struck up. But Targo and May are a fantastic combination. Yeah. Um, you're seeing it again in this game, and they just seem to improve week on week. Uh, they, they're going to be scary, give them two or three years from now, I would imagine, to put a bit of size on both of them. Um, I don't think... Anyone's going to be forcing Taylor May out of his spot on the wing there for a while. <laughs> and yeah. same with Targo. So um, they were fantastic. You already mentioned Nafaluma. Jackson Paulo was actually pretty good for yeah. considering yeah. He, he hasn't oh, done he, a great he, deal. Apparently he's a Barlow too. In first grade. Oh, okay, well. Barlow. Well, yeah. back to Matty yeah, Russell. Tago's pronouncing it. Tago, I could not even know. When he scored Tarko first, Tarko I was like, who the. <laughs> I was trying to work out who he was. Marty DePower played pretty well, um, which yeah, it's. He's, he hasn't played real well this yeah. year and the can, level of opposition and all the rest of it, but I thought he was probably their best forward. Jazz Tavanga did his job, but, yeah, it, it's, it is a bit hard to line him up. Like, you would like to probably see him play Tonga realistically um, to see, give him a sort of a watermark to mm. judge him off. But. And uh, in another enjoyable game, 24-14, PNG beat up, or beat Fiji, uh, who very much lacked a halves combination again. Didn't they? Uh, but a very good game of footy. It was good to see the passion from the PNG. And just uh, just quickly, it's been a passion. The, all the pre-game stuff was absolutely fantastic. Oh, it was chills, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, very good PNG. Um, the personal friend of the Prime Minister, Justin Ollum, was outstanding. <laughs> Wasn't he? And he one was of the brilliant. try assists <laughs> was tremendous. Uh, underrated, actually. Cole Labert, that was... Mr. Ebugs, where did this bloke come from? Yeah. Every time Billy touched a ball, he, he put him on his ass. Yeah. Which was good. Um, yeah. it just a, a very enjoyable game of footy and good to see David Mead go out with a bit of a uh, yeah. a nice, uh, I guess, um, exclamation mark in his career for PNG. Blocky Lamb was great. Looked every bit of first grader again. Oh, considering the opposite, like he stood out like a sore thumb in this game just with his ball, like the way he controlled the match and yeah. then he, when he... Obviously, took his opportunities late in the game. He looked like a superstar. So, yeah, he was um, he was fantastic. And, um, yeah, Penrith has another gun fullback in the waiting. Taruva outstanding. A bit baffling the Fiji um, plan at times, given Ad Ravalara and Sivo on a wing who I don't think touched the ball. Not much at all, um, which goes back to the halves, I suppose. Uh, but it was uh, but yeah, another thoroughly enjoyable, hard hitting game of footy. Anything you want to talk about from this game, Bart? Yeah, absolutely. Just one I did forget to mention out of the Cook Islands was Tane Milne playing at lock. I thought he was fantastic yeah. playing at lock. He looks, looks like a lock. Looked like a completely different player, yeah. He did play a lot of back row coming through the grades, but, yeah. 
Um, oh, so, yeah. It's, it's, he looked, he, I don't know what it is. He just looked big too. He just looked yeah. big and imposing at look. And he got to he, run directly at people rather yeah. than trying to sort of get around them and stuff. And it, yeah. it definitely made a difference. But yeah, the, the, the difference between the, the middles, the, sorry, the halves in this game shone out dramatically. Like every time Fiji got into any sort of position to do something, they're just, their end of sets just died in the ass. I really enjoyed the way that PNG played that ump tempo roll through the middle footy like it was a hooker would go and then there'd be a back row, a front row and then they'd roll and roll and roll and then try and hit an edge and it was just that up tempo I think it seemed to wear Fiji out by the end of the game they looked like they were gassed and PNG just kept coming like they they looked the fitter team they looked a stronger team at times um, especially through the middle of the field and obviously the Lockheed Lamb added the polish which Fiji definitely didn't have and, and I don't know if there's they've got someone that they could throw in there rather than Nagama and the, the other bloke. The, other, the bloke who played seven actually probably played better than Nagama, but well, they've got Brandon Wakem. Oh, true. That, yeah, he could have yeah. played in there, but um, I oh, sorry, Tane Mill played thirteen in this game. What am I talking about for Fiji? <laughs> I thought he <laughs> played for the <laughs> Cook Islands, but well, I didn't forget. <laughs> but yeah, the fullback you mentioned, he was fantastic. Oh, I loved the way he threw himself at the ball, the Fijian fullback. Yeah. It was not scared of dropping it. Did not give but a shit. He, Sprinted at the ball. Um, but like he'd just jump, catch, and we'd be running keep through running the ground. When he, <laughs> not, not like Ponga who turned and lies, lies down and crawls Marcus around. Marcus Sivo was pretty good. He seemed to want to get involved. Um, he looks like he's coming back into some sort of um, you know destructive ball That's running form. Which is almost as close as he's looked to like a Ravalawa where he's actually gone looking and said, oh, I'll try yeah. and make something happen here. Yeah, and so Ravalawa didn't go looking for anything. <laughs> not a Ravalawa. Sorry, a Rad Raja. Sorry. Yeah. Ravalawa stood out there. Ravalawa and, uh, I've seen dead him, set caught a cold out in the wing. He yeah. didn't, didn't seem to want to get involved, which, um, to your point, during the game, like if you get him in, get him into the centres, get him running off your halfback and yeah. you get, yeah. make an impact. You've got a 120 kilo bloke that runs real quick and can bounce over the top of people. I don't know why they didn't try to get him involved. But, um, yeah, there was... What do you say? There's... As I said, I just love the way that they rolled through. I didn't expect them to roll through Fiji's middle the way that they did. Yeah. Like, considering the, the different names in the packs, like there's a lot of blokes we've never heard of that have come from different places and all the rest of it. But I'm not yeah, saying that was... you know it's, we should all be rushing into it, but they, they, I think there are legs to trying to get a PNG get team into. We'll definitely get some sort the of structure to feed we'll players. Get the players yeah. in 100 um, before we start worrying about a Perth team or a second Kiwi team or. Yeah, the, um, the back rower and the lock for the for the Kummels were fantastic. Nixon Put, Putt and Jacob Alec, I thought they were mm-hmm. the, their best forwards in on and the yeah, field. was good off the bench too. Uh, I thought Lockie Lamb was man of the match. But yeah. and uh, and again, just back to the commentary thing. Vossi was at his absolute best uh, in this game. He was loving it. He's a guy, and he has for a while. He, for whatever reason, is just really loves international he sets, games. And he sets like, out to make it feel I believe, special. Yeah, and, yeah. A, a shout out to Chasing Roos. I know he wears a different international jersey, I believe, on every SEN yeah. call he does. So oh. he's a Which yeah, is cool. Big Which is great. I think, I think that's great. And you can tell he's excited. I got more excited about this game the more he got excited. And again, well, one thing I want to say about Vossi as well, we talk about, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with getting hard last names to pronounce wrong. But he, it was just crispy. Got everyone. It seemed perfect. Like, mm. like it wasn't even. And again, it shows how good he is in his research. He also and knows um, 
how he to call games. He also knows when to crack out the full Vossisms too, which is which I believe he does <laughs> more. He does more during the internationals yeah. these days, and I think that's why like that's where you know, yeah, he gets the Vossisms yeah. in. We're all gimmicks, and uh, he's very good at being Andrew I, Voss. Right over. I know it's been broadcast in England and everything, but just for Sky Sports over in England should throw him or work out some deal, throw him the kitchen sink to be the lead caller for this World Cup, have him call every single game. Well, back is to Fox back to back. Gonna is it all just going to be rebroadcast? I believe, Fox I believe possibly, through, I think we'll it, call well, out ch a Channel since. 7 had the rights, yeah, weirdly right, enough, okay. for the 2017 one, but I know it's through Sky... So far, I don't, because because it's in it is, because yeah. it's in England, it for might actually end up just there. being on Fox. No, you, well, I'm not sure what happens sure. with the. Because um, it's, it's I know in with England, the World Cup, so that... for example, or, or cricket World Cup, I know 100. percent I don't know. And the rugby net, like yeah. there's one feed, there's one broadcast, and you buy rights to yeah. show that broadcast. Uh, well, I, I'm not. So, so if yeah. Sky's the official host, you buy the right to show Sky's yeah. coverage. Well, you don't I, get to I believe over here it. it would have to be a free. There would have to be a free to air channel. Yeah, okay. Showing it. Anyway, so it it'll, it'll be something. Anyway, let's, let's, have get, let's, uh, let's wrap this all up. Do you have a... Uh, uh, let's start with a... Do we have a pot plant for the round, boys? Well, I think I might just sort of uh, reinforce what I said about Tonga and sort of pot plant their spine overall. I, I, I don't want to... One player in particular... No, Katoni Stag. Katoni that's the one because... <laughs> He he's remember a couple of years ago we were talking about a potential five eight for Brisbane. He um well his kicking game for one was just very poor. I think to speak about the World Cup, Tonga would be better off actually moving into the centres. And if there's a young bloke coming through somewhere that's eligible for Tonga, that's actually he's, playing yeah, he in, could the get halves, in the halves. Centres and, and maybe just give, him, just give him a go. Parts like, young teams, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And that they're still going to make the knockout stages, etc. So I think don't persist with stags in the halves. Actually move him out to the centres and give a Surely there's a young bloke coming through some system that's eligible and is is a five eight. <coughs> I was tossing up between uh, two wingers to be honest, one in the state of origin and one in the the in the Fiji Papua New Guinea game. But the more I think about it, I have to go with um, Ravalawa to be honest. He, the bloke didn't want to get involved. He sat out there and did not. He did very little. He um, didn't make too many mistakes, but you know missed five. Missed five tackles, made three. Didn't I think he only had about ten runs, or 14, thirteen runs or something? It's just, you know, considering how destructive he could have been up against his opposition, I think he should have been a lot more involved. So. It's very hard round to. Uh, I think we've got. Uh, we could both have fives. We could all have five slaps, uh, salutes, I should say. I slapped myself then, uh, but it's a tough one for slaps. Have you got one? I'm actually going to slap Channel 9 for the pure fact. I think, that, and we've been going on about it, pretty much everyone we know has been going on about it, how successful this rep round's been and how much we enjoyed it. And Channel 9 have decided to not continue with it. So all the origins are going back to Wednesday, and that's a whole other argument. But I like the idea of the rep round in the middle of the season, have, having that week where we can actually play these games. Unfortunately, we're not getting it next year. I saw today Andrew Abdo actually came out and said the NRO are working out a plan with the International Rugby League for... Something. something during the year or whatever for, for the Pacific Nations, which I'm still good with. But well, Does it mean we get Anzac Day tests back or something? Well, I'd be fine with that. And possibly, possibly. We, we don't have city country anymore, so maybe Samoa versus Tonga the night before or whatever. But, yeah. I, yeah, I just think it's Channel 9 sort of dropping the ball, especially with all the positive feedback they've actually gotten for it. Um, so I'm going to slap Channel 9 for that one. Uh, I'm going to slap David Nofaluma. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, <you want. laughs> I, I, I want to hear just, just give us a sentence even just uh, uh, 
this, I just want to hear you. Because I can. Okay. <laughs> being good and not being in a certain jersey. <laughs> Wearing blue instead of orange. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to swap mine around because I, <laughs> I'm going to give Ravalawa the slap and I'll go back and do me pot plan. It's got to be Selwyn Cobbo. Four mm. errors. I know he's only a young kid and he probably got lost in the in the um, the lights of it all. But when your opposition's making 200 and something metres and you make 80-odd because you've had 10 runs and made four errors and missed five tackles, then yeah, you probably could have put a pop plan out there and it might not have been as effective, but it probably wouldn't have cost you as much either. So, yeah, I didn't actually realise how ineffective it was until I went and actually looked and I was like, oh, wow. Anyway, salutes. We've probably got all got lots of them. We'll all salute the rep round. It sounds like we all had a good time. Loved it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I'm more than happy to do it again. But uh, have you got one? I'll go first. Caitlin Johnston off the bench for the New South Wales girls was sensational. Um, smashing those hit-ups, getting up. They got them going. Uh, it was fantastic. I've got a few on my sleeve, but I'll let you have one first, Oliver. My salute has to be... Mr. Top 10 himself, <laughs> reinforcing. Usually when I say a play is going well, historically or whatever, they end up then dropping off. But ever since I've said Joey Manu was a top 10 player, which I don't think you guys necessarily disagree with, but we're sort of thinking, okay, let's see, he, he's take, largely taking his game to another level, and this has obviously been the peak, the all-time record for running metres. If, uh, if one of us didn't salute him, then what more does he have to do? Like... I want to salute Jakey, um, Jakey Dvojevic, coming back with, um, you know, after being dropped and just everything was nice in his um, in his post-match conference. I think he said nice about 35 times. It was nice. And then he walks in and Teddy slaps him on the ass, gives him a beer and he chugs it in front of <laughs> Matt poor old Matt Burton, who's throwing up his first schooner that he's had for the night. <laughs> that was a moment for me. I enjoyed that one. <laughs> He was fantastic, Jakey. And hard not to like him. Like, hard not to like Just the way he stops. Like, there's no wrestle when he gets involved in defence. He just smacks them and they hit the ground. Up. And, and then he usually apologises. you got to get up and start again. Like, I, I guess this is a bit of a slap, but last night on NRL 360, they showed the highlights of him saying nice and then Braith had the goal to make fun of him for it. Like... He's amazing. But yeah, Berto Bert throwing up his first schooner too. Yeah. That was the yeah, idea. You that. know what? You know what? I completely understand because putting in that effort in that oh, game, yeah. his stomach's already no, churning. He's just sculled a beer. And he's, he's, he's gone. Like, and I bet straight away as it's going down, he's gone. This is I, I've mistake. made a grave yeah. mistake. <laughs> We've all been there. I think on that note, we might we might take this home. Uh, thanks for listening. It's Footy and Frothies. Check out rugbyleaguemerch.com to uh, get some beanies and hats and shirts and all. Thanks for sharing that, Oliver. That was great. Um, Put it away. The One More Club shirt (laughs) is still available, of course. Uh, Check out our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and um, the other thing where the videos are, YouTube. Yes. Uh, Subscribe there. Subscribe to Spotify if you made it this far. Leave us some feedback on iTunes, Spotify. Give us a thumbs up and some feedback. It all helps out. And until then, uh, we'll talk to you very soon because we're about to preview some more footy. Take care, guys, and we'll talk soon. And I'm going to salute the Sevens for New, Z- New Zealand and, a, and New South Wales. They were fantastic. And PNG, they were pretty good too. Yeah.